It was protected like college football's grandest treasure, a work of art that could be stolen by the masses. It was a day some thought may never come. And yet, here we are on the final day of January in the year of our Lord 2023. We have a Big 12 football schedule. And we're here to break it down for you on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, yourwvlawfirm.com. Nick Farrell here alongside Sam Coniglio on this triumphant day. Sam, it's been memorable. It's been a whirlwind. We finally have some more football to talk about in January. The biggest question from Morgantown to Provo, from, from ah. uh, Ames to Houston, I guess now, uh, has finally been answered. We had our own Ryan Decker even banging on the door of, of uh, Camelot trying to get the Holy Grail. But uh, it's no longer it's no longer Weirton to Welsh, is it, Sam? It's now Morgantown to Provo. It's a long one. That's a long one. But not for uh, not for the Mountaineers. It's not. But we'll get that's into right. that. In a that's right. That's right. Well, uh, that's a very good point. And we don't have Deck with us today, uh, even though we did have Deck with us when Neil Brown held his off-season press conference earlier in January. Deck is currently on the road getting ready to cover West Virginia versus TCU men's basketball, which is coming up tonight at nine Eastern. Uh, so Sam and I are here holding down the fort on football. And so why don't we, Sam, why don't we dive in here? Let's just run down, in case you missed it, what the 2022 schedule looks like for West Virginia, or 2023 schedule looks like for West Virginia. Mountaineers get a fair dose of rivalries in non-conference action and will face all four Big 12 newcomers once league play begins. September looks like this for the Mountaineers. At Penn State for the season opener, that one a rivalry renewed and also a team that's generating some buzz early as a squad Penn State is that could be a college football playoff contender. Then September 9th, the lone FCS opponent on the schedule Schedule, that is Duquesne at Milan Pushkar Stadium, kicking off a three-game homestand in September for the Mountaineers. In the middle of that homestand is the Backyard Brawl, a rematch with Pitt on September 16th. West Virginia lost to the Panthers last year at Akershire Stadium by a touchdown. Final game in that three-game homestand is the Big 12 opener, September 23rd against Texas Tech, a team Neil Brown has never defeated as the head coach of the Mountaineers. First Big 12 road game, September 30th at TCU. We don't need to remind you that the Horned Frogs are coming off an appearance in the national championship game. October 7th begins with an open week and then the matchup of intrigue. October 12th, a Thursday night in Houston, Neil Brown's Mountaineers will take on Dana Holgerson's Cougars. I'm sure we'll discuss that much more in a moment. October 21st, West Virginia hosting Oklahoma State. October 28th, Mountaineers on the road at Central Florida. That's West Virginia's second road game against a new Big 12 opponent. So the other two newcomers, BYU and Cincinnati, they're coming to Milan Pushkar Stadium. November 4th, Mountaineers will host BYU then go on the road to face Oklahoma the following week, November 18th. The final home game of the year is against Cincinnati, and I'm sure there will be some old Big East vibes in the air if we haven't used up all of them against Pitt in September. The final game of the season is November 25th at Baylor. That is Thanksgiving weekend. The Saturday after Thanksgiving, Mountaineers not getting a Black Friday game uh, once again. Big 12 championship set for December 2nd. Okay, Sam, what jumps out at you on that list? Uh, well, I think it still jumps out of me the the first three that first three game stretch, you know, the uh, Keystone Penn, State, the Keystone State stretch. That's a I nice like little uh, tongue twister. Penn State and Pitt, obviously Duquesne mixed in there. That's a little bit different, of course. But you know that Penn State and Pitt, those Penn State and Pitt matchups, I should say, are, are 
you know, have been intriguing me since I was in college and in, right. in the um, late 2010s. But, I mean, at Houston on a Thursday night, um, national TV, uh, that's, that's uh, Vince McMahon couldn't book a better game. So, um, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that's, uh, that, that's definitely the one that's standing out to me. But, you know, like I said, in, um, like Ryan Decker wrote, a lot of new rivalries coming in. Three teams, um, all four teams, I should say, in the, in, the, in the conference that are new will play the Mountaineers, but three of them don't really have a lot of history with West Virginia, so I'm really excited to see how that, that builds starting right. in 2023. A absolutely, Sam. So Cincinnati is a series that will be rekindled toward the end of the season. Uh, BYU and UCF are going to feel out of place. Mountaineers mm -hmm. host BYU this year. The first trip to Brigham Young is really going to feel out of place. Uh, that game against Houston, man is something. You know, I was hoping that the Big 12, the younger, sleeker, very much on the internet Big 12, would put that game at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Like, I get why it didn't happen, right? Mountaineers had five Big 12 home games last year. They have four this year. They got to go on the road five times, and the math works out that Houston is just one of those games. I get it, right? But look, man, the opportunity to, like, that game in Houston is not the same as that game at Milan Pushkar Stadium. I'm just going to be done complaining about this after just one more minute, right? Because it's not happening. I get it. Maybe it'll happen next year or somewhere down the line. Could you imagine Milan Pushkar Stadium that night? Dana Holgerson returns early in the season on a Thursday night. There's no guarantees that Dana's going to be the head coach at Houston or that Neil's going to be the head coach at West Virginia after this season or whenever the next time these teams would be, would meet. I don't know. I, I I get it. I get the logistics. I feel like the Big 12 really missed an opportunity to be younger, sleeker, and very bantery on the internet. That's just my two cents. Playing devil's advocate here, do you think that that was possibly part of the, 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 the thought process? So this is a really good point. Yeah, this is a really good point. Is it too, too much pressure to put on Neil Brown and the Mountaineers? Is that, is that what you're getting at, Sam? Or maybe you're just trying to provide a cleaner environment for year two. You're trying to stave sure. off. You know it's going to be pretty hostile. Right. If, if Houston were to come to Morgantown with Dana Holgerson as the head coach, do you think they were trying to kind of stave Minimize that off? Things. Yeah, yeah, stave it off by a year. It's, it's a good point. I mean, it, again... It is probably as simple as West Virginia needed to play five road yeah. games and Houston just happened to be one. We're probably looking into this way too far. But from a fan perspective, right, uh, totally, totally, I mean, it's going to be charged either way, yeah. whether they play it in Houston or in Morgantown. It would have been really cool to have this first one be in Morgantown. But again, it is what it is, and yeah. it's going to be super cool to have that game on the schedule anyway. And, and I'm really intrigued about the Cincinnati game as well. Like, I think, I think that that has the potential to become a really great regional series as the Mountaineers and Bearcats square off year after year in the Big 12. It's got Big East roots. It's a local drivable game. It's going to be mm -hmm. the first time that a conference game is truly drivable for Mountaineer fans, right? And I get it, Cincinnati's coming here this year, so the drive is short. But, but I think that that could turn into a really fun series as long as both teams continue to play really good football. I mean, Cincinnati is two years removed from a CFP, uh, a CFP birth, going through a coaching change. Yes, I know. We'll, we'll see what the Bearcats look like in 2023. But again, high expectations for that. No, and even looking at that series, you know, going back to the Big East days, WVU owned Cincinnati those those right. years. They absolutely owned, and, and Cincinnati now is one of the up and coming 
uh, programs in college football. They didn't have quite the successful season that in 2022 that they had in 2021, but they still have had a lot of success. And at the same time, kind of to your point, I mean, I saw it firsthand when West Virginia went to Xavier in, in Cincinnati to play Talking basketball. basketball right. To play yep. basketball. The, the, just that proximity, Cincinnati and Morgan, not necessarily Morgantown, but that proximity, um, the, the programs are kind of present in the back of everybody's minds. You know what I mean? There, there is sort of an unspoken rival. It's like West Virginia and Ohio State. Like You wouldn't consider them rivals, but the fans are close enough that right. there is some sort of friction to say. You've got Mountaineer fans living in the Ohio Valley. You've got yeah. them living in, living in Western Pennsylvania, right? right? So, so it does it does make sense from that perspective. Uh, let's quickly touch on the teams that are not there. You may have gotten there as you're listening by process of elimination. Uh, there is one big one. It's Texas. The other three are Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State. Neil Brown's team was a combined 0-4 against those teams in 2022. I'm not sure there are any cupcakes on the schedule in terms of Big 12 schedule next year for West Virginia, at least none that come to mind immediately. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that having those teams absent and replaced by squads like UCF and BYU makes it any easier next year. But it is definitely intriguing because for the last decade, West Virginia versus Texas has always been a game that fans circled right away. That's not the case anymore because Texas isn't on the schedule this year. But just generally, I think there are way more intriguing games on the docket than West Virginia, Texas this time around. Yeah, I don't think the team or the fans really lost anything in terms of just overall prestige in the schedule, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I think it's especially exciting that they got the four new opponents. Um, there are some underlying storylines that WVU fans are missing out. I think a lot of fans probably want that revenge crack at Kansas. They'll probably get it in 2024 uh, if, if the schedule kind of the scheduling remains the same. Kansas State, another strong season, arguably the best player in the league in Deuce Vaughn, missing out on that rematch. But of course, like you said, the, the one fans are truly going to miss out on is that Texas matchup, um, especially because it was going to probably be in Morgantown this season. So that's one that always packs the stands, even if even if the um, by the, by the end of the season, it's not quite as um, the team isn't quite as successful as they hoped. So right, Sam, and hard to peer into the crystal ball here, but it's possible that West Virginia's trip to Oklahoma is going to be the last conference meeting between those two teams in 2023, right. uh, with, with the Sooners and Longhorns set to leave for the SEC in 2025. That would set the table potentially for one more matchup with Texas, potentially in Morgantown in 2024. Again, don't have a crystal ball, don't really know how that's going to play out but it is it is possible you know though sam like I, as a as a former mountaineer as a, as a former west virginia student and a guy who watched a ton of games in the stadium during the early days of the big 12 am i on the right track here that this is maybe the most intriguing football schedule that west virginia has had since that first year in the big 12 when everything was so new and it opened with geno smith putting up 70 points with Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey going nuts and setting all kind of records that day. I'm not saying that that the, the season opener against Texas Tech is going to be that type of shootout, Big 12 opener, right? But just from a just from a fan perspective, it probably hasn't been this interesting going into a season since then, right? Am I am I forgetting something? No, I think you're exactly right. Um, especially be, simply just because it's new. You know what I mean? There's so much new. There's so many questions to be asked. 
and and uh, you know, there's a lot of um, future rivalries that should probably uh, build out of this, right? I mean, we've already said it, Cincinnati and Houston. That's, I mean, you can't really write any better than that. Those are just easy, mm -hmm. long-term rivalries, um, just because of history and and proximity, uh, respectively. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to just go based on the schedule, right? The the one thing that was great about the Big Twelve was that you play everybody once every single season. But when it comes to the schedule reveal per se, you're getting the same schedule every single year. And it's you know just exactly where are you what, going, right? Exactly. And when are you playing? When are you going? And and even the when changes week by week once the season starts. So it's not really. Uh, a huge deal. It's tough. To, it's tough to plan way ahead of time when all of a sudden they flex the game to a Thursday or something like right, that. Right, or so, a seven o'clock kick. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. So, so to me, Sam, the promise of regionality is what makes this feel real and really intriguing t to me, right? And I'm not just talking about Pitt, Penn State, right? Because those games are eventually going to go away. Pitt's going to come back in several years after 2025. It's like 29 through 32, right? But Penn State is just going to be a short one. Those two right there, man, these next two West Virginia seasons have such tremendous potential for entertainment excitement. But when you look at just the Big 12, the Cincinnati game we already discussed, the regionality factor is huge. I think UCF could potentially get to that point. I realize UCF does not have the tradition that a, say, Miami does. But at one point, there were some pretty big games played between West Virginia and even South Florida back in the Big East days for a very short period of time. But there were some times where those were still meaningful in the 2000s. The Houston game is intriguing, I think, only until Dana Holgerson stops becoming the head coach. If, 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 there, if there's a period of time where Holgerson is not the head coach, he gets fired, he takes a new job, whatever, that matchup probably loses some intrigue. And I really don't know about BYU. It's a historic program, but it's just disconnected. It's the farthest trip, right? So I don't know about those two necessarily, but I do think that the promise of UCF and Cincinnati is a really good thing for West Virginia fans moving forward after spending a decade in a league that, that had literally no regionality for West Virginia. I know that some folks have said that because it's a land-grant institution, you could go to one of the Midwestern schools and sort of see some connections to West Virginia. Trust me, I've been to all of them. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think the same way, man. I, I really don't. And, and maybe it's because I grew up in Western PA and appreciated the Big East. I was not a WVU fan or a Pitt fan or anything like that, but it was still always on TV, right? I don't know, man. I don't see it. I think that this stuff with Cincinnati and UCF is substantially better for West Virginia uh, in football, especially if the Mountaineers can turn things around here and really start competing. Uh, because as we saw with TCU, it only takes one season to really turn things around and become one of the top teams in the Big 12. Once Oklahoma and Texas leave, especially in a couple of years, I know you lose the two Blue Bloods, whatever, maybe the Mountaineers could get into an even more intriguing league in the near future. I think one of the things that makes a rivalry spark is perceived opposites, right? So okay. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, okay. and one of the Bills, arguably the Bills' biggest uh, historical rival is the Miami Dolphins because there are no similarities between Orchard Park, New York, and Miami, Florida. There is absolutely nothing. It, it, you saw it a lot this year as the teams were competing in the playoffs. It snows in Buffalo. It does not in Miami. Miami is a big party city. Buffalo's blue collar. I don't know, you know, though. The Bills fans definitely know how to party, but I, I get your point. It's a different way. Different, different part. <laughs> it's more finding our own ways to party, I guess, right? Um, 
I see that kind of similar thing in, in WVU and UCF. Now, obviously, Orlando mm. is different than Miami, but when UCF gets thrown on the schedule in, in late November, eventually, and they have to come to Morgantown, it's going to be a lot different when WVU has to go to Orlando in late November. Interesting. That's, right? that's a really interesting point. Yeah. Um, in, in, in a similar way, you know, Orlando, home of Disney World, Morgantown, home of Cooper's Rock, right? It's, it's a tourist destination. People go to Orlando to, uh, you know, on, on the regular. A lot of people from Morgantown like to travel to Orlando. Um, people come to Morgantown for a lot of things, but, you know, a lot of times it's alumni coming back for sporting events. Or, or hunting, fishing, hiking, hunting, those fishing, types of folks. Blue, right. Yeah, exactly. Outdoorsy stuff, which is great, and I think that's what makes this state very unique. Um, and, and you get a lot of that in Florida as well, but um, in a similar vein, you, it, I don't really need to go through the differences between WVU student body and fan base and BYU student body and fan base. <laughs> right? This is also a very good point too, Sam. That's, when you talk about the differences in some of the culture maybe surrounding the yeah. schools and their football traditions, you could probably make the case about BYU being very different than every school in the Big 12 Correct. or most schools in the Big 12, but that is definitely the case for, for the Mountaineers. Yeah. Yes. And, and I'm not necessarily trying to push a narrative or, or start something where there isn't anything. Like, like you said, I mean, BYU will be a lot different than the fans at Iowa State, you know, or, or, or uh, Kansas, or, you know. But, you know, it, it'll be very interesting. When you go down on High Street after a football game, you'll see fans from the opposite team coming down and, and musing affairs, we'll see, we'll say. But, um, It'll be interesting to see BYU fans doing the same thing, if they do at all. So that'll be, um, I'll, be I'll admit, I don't know any BYU fans. I know a lot of fans from other fan bases, but um, it'll be interesting to see BYU fans come to Morgantown. Well, it's clear that we're both charged up about the schedule, and I yeah. really want to know how many Mountaineer fans are, too. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and if you listen to this, let us know. If you're as excited as we are about some of these new matchups, the fact that West Virginia is facing all four Big 12 newcomers in 2023, and tell us which contest is most intriguing to you. I don't want to hear Pitt, Penn State, because I know that those are the most intriguing. I get it. But beyond those two non-conference rivalries being renewed, which is the game that you're most looking forward to next season? We're going to take a quick break. Listen to this spot really quickly from our sponsors, Pritt and Spano. And while you're doing that, tweet at us. And then we'll be back to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Nick Farrell and Sam Coniglio sharing our first thoughts on West Virginia's 2023 football schedule, which was released by the Big 12 Conference Tuesday afternoon. Some additional notes. West Virginia, six home games, six road games total this season. Two non-conference games at home, which leaves four Big 12 games at home. Mountaineers will play more conference games on the road, five, than they will at home four that's different than the 2022 season also worth noting that eight of west virginia's 12 games will be played in the eastern time zone you've got the six home games plus two additional games the non-conference game against penn state eastern time zone and you add central florida while that's not a short trip necessarily 
it's still an Eastern time zone game. Uh, one last thing, Sam, that I wanted to mention. The travel for West Virginia. We talked a lot about regionality, but is the travel this season any better than last year? And the answer is no, because West Virginia plays five Big 12 road games instead of four. Last year, remember, two, you could call them bus ride games. I think the team flew to Virginia Tech, but it's bus a bowl, right? right? Pitt was definitely a bus ride game, and Virginia Tech is only about 250 miles away. Then they went to Texas, 1,400 miles. T Texas Tech, about 1,500 miles. Iowa State, which is 864 miles from stadium to stadium. And that's how I charted all of this. I realized that the team goes to airports and flies to different places, but that's the straightest line you can draw on Google Maps. So 864 miles to Iowa State, that's the shortest Big 12 road trip as it was before expansion. And then Oklahoma State, which is just over 1,000 miles. So the average road trip to Big 12 games last year was 1,200 miles. This year, it will be 1,185 miles. So it's almost like six six in one, half a dozen in another, right? Yeah. Because the mileage is still going to work out to being roughly the same. Every game except for one is going to be more than a thousand miles of travel. TCU, 1,200. Houston, 1,300. Oklahoma, about 1,200. Baylor, just shy of 1,300. UCF is 900 miles. So there you go. There's a little bit of geography for you there. The, the short road trip in the Big 12 will be when West Virginia travels to Cincinnati. Again, this year the Bearcats are coming to Milan Pushkar Stadium. I think one of the things that might make it slightly easier, though, is like you said, the uh, the Eastern Time Zone. Um, you know, flying to uh, how many miles is it to, to UCF? Nine hundred. Nine hundred. Nine hundred and two miles from stadium to stadium. So, is there a nine hundred-ish team from West Virginia that's not in the Eastern Time Zone? Yes. So, Iowa State is the is technically still the closest, other than Cincinnati. Iowa State is eight hundred sixty-four miles as the crow flies. I think they use that saying because it means it's a straight line, straight I guess, line. right? Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah. And then and then UCF is 902 miles from stadium to stadium. So Iowa State will still be closer than UCF. But again, I think I think the time zone thing is important. I that do. was going to be the point I was going to make. And it's definitely important yeah. in basketball. Like, oh, for 100%. sure. For sure important for basketball. Especially because tonight, you know, WVU has a 9 p.m. tip. I don't think you're going to get a lot of 9 p.m. tips when you're playing UCF or Cincinnati because – uh, that's pretty tough to get people to the TV at 9 p.m. On a, on a Tuesday night. But, it, it, you know, because TCU is in the central time zone, it's not quite as painful for the, for the bigger TV market in Fort Worth, right? So, um, mm -hmm. I, it, you know, like you said, I, th I think it might get slightly easier, except when BYU gets into the mix. I have to remember <laughs> the mountain time zone game. Yeah, I mean, so. BYU is going to be coming all the way here uh, for, for this season's game, so that's two time zones that BYU will have to adjust to. I don't know. That is definitely going to be a story yeah. when the time comes. That is definitely going to be a story. And then, of course, there's speculation down the road that they're going to add some West oh Coast gosh, teams. Yeah. Pacific time so, zone teams, right. So that'll be – but that's a, different, that's a conversation for a different day. Those are logistics that I don't have to take care of. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Very good. And one last thought as we're wrapping this up. I tweeted about this earlier. And I just wanted to make sure I said it in the podcast because, you know, there's somebody out there that's going to be triggered by this comment, right? The Big 12 preserved a lot of rivalries in its scheduling this year with maybe a, just a one or two slightly overlooked. Uh, maybe those will reappear in 2024. The Big 12 did a great job of giving West Virginia the first crack at these regional games, Cincinnati and 
UCF. And even though I took issue with the Houston game not being in Morgantown, still a great storyline, still a game that's going to bring a ton of buzz when we get around to that open week, the first week of October. Right. I think that the people around the conference have made an emphatic statement about West Virginia, Texas. It's not a rivalry. It never has been, and it never will be. That's just my thought. That's just my two cents. They're probably going to play one more time. I know a lot of Mountaineer fans like to flash the horns down thing. I get it. It's fun. It's time to cut it out. <laughs> horns down is done. It's over. I don't care if they play again next year. Something new. Please, something new. Become rivals with Cincinnati. Hate on BYU. I don't care. Something new, please. You can't do the horns down thing when you don't have Texas on the schedule. Please. Old man That's yells it. at cloud. That's but, it. But I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. So, yeah, no, it'll be definitely exciting to see. Uh, all, all the new teams coming in. But, well, but what be... about basketball? They'll play them in basketball. We have to do it again. We have to keep doing horns down for Coach Huggins. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, yep. can, I can hear it now. We can pass it on to the uh, SEC. We'll, we'll let them have it down south. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Enough of this. Thanks for joining us for some football talk. This has been another great edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We're brought to you, as always, by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. If you're listening to this podcast, remember you can download the free Golden Blue Nation app to take our reporting with you wherever you go. And make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more WVU sports coverage. For Sam Coniglio, I'm Nick Farrell. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Thanks for listening.